with a show of hands, how many of you like receiving gifts? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you like, you like, uh, um, how many of you prefer to give a gift rather than receive a gift? Yeah, there's some. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, how many of you would rather be given cash? Yes. I didn't even finish. <laughs> Did not even finish. <laughs> We're just going to skip that one. Um, <laughs> the answer is yes. How many of you would rather be given cash so you can go buy whatever you want because you don't really want someone to go waste their hard-earned time and energy on you? And Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Last question. How, how many of you would rather be surprised when receiving a gift? You don't want to know what it is. The, the thought that goes into it, all that means more to you than, than just going and getting cash and taking that enjoyment out of some of us. Yeah, 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 money. That's, that's what she wants. Uh, today, we're going to start a, a four-part series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say gifts. gifts. you got to say it with the S. Gifts. In July, we did a teaching series on the Holy Spirit. It was an introduction to who the Holy Spirit was and, and how He responds in our life and how we are to respond to Him. And through the Holy Spirit, we have access to every benefit that we have a legal right to in the kingdom of heaven on earth. You following me? Okay, I already lost some of you. Uh, that series that we went through taught us that we were made to live in the presence of God. Our spirit man on the inside of us is desiring to be in the presence of God. There is a spirit man inside of us that is either weak or strong, contingent upon what we feed him. Have you ever heard someone say, I have lost my passion for God? I've lost my desire. I'm no longer on fire for God the way that I once was. I'm assuming because I see a lot of heads going like this that you've heard that or maybe you've been there. Let's just be honest with each other. We've all been there. If you say you haven't, you're a big fat liar. You're going to get cold in your stocking. It's coming up. I saw a meme the other day. It said this is the season of the year when we can blame 95% of a parenting on coal in the stocking for children and Santa takes the hit so we don't have to as parents. Have you seen that? No, just me. Okay. Um, uh, Whenever you feel distant from God, you feel like there's a gap between the, the way that you are trying to connect with God and the way that God is trying to connect with you. It's because our spirit man has grown weak. What I've learned is over 30, I'm 38, going on 39 here in just not too long, that if I don't feed my spirit, man, I will grow distant from God. So whenever I grow distant from God, it's not a correlation of God distancing himself from me. It's me distancing myself from God. You see where I'm going with that? So whenever you allow your spirit man to grow weak, 
you walk into a church setting and you don't experience the genuine presence of God and wonder how come someone over there is and I'm not. Okay, we're all on the same page. The opposite of that is true as well. There are people who we would call abide in the presence of God. It seems as if everywhere they go, they are going with a conscious decision of the Holy Spirit moving in their life. And those people, for lack of better understanding, would say are on fire for God. Does that make sense in the context of how we're using it? Okay. During the seasons of life that we all go through, the season where we remain close to God, a sensitivity comes into your life. An awareness of who the Holy Spirit comes into your life that will dictate what you do, what you say, where you go, how you act, what you feel. It dictates everything that our life is involved in. I know I'm sounding choppy today and it's for a purpose. It's... It's almost as if anything outside of the presence of God begins to bother you. Let me ask that question. Have you ever been in a place where you walked into a room and you felt something different in a negative way come on you? You can walk in. Did you say crest? No, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> the grocery store? What kind of things you got going on? <laughs> Sorry, I actually know the people that own Crest. I'm sorry if you're watching. They didn't mean that. Um, I walked into uh, a, a, there was a place in the mall, and you walk in, the lettering on the outside is very colorful, and the inside is very dark. You can be in the hallway and sense nothing. You walk into that room, and all of a sudden there's a heaviness, a darkness, a coldness. You've been into movie theaters. When you've gone into a movie and you're like, oh, this is, there's something here. But let me ask you, how many of you stay there? All right. I'm going somewhere. When Adrienne and I uh, first met, we were in college at ORU, and ORU has a, a, it's not a law, but I mean, it, they, they make you earn physical fitness points. What's that called? HP points? Yeah. And you have to work out. You have to exercise. You have to be able to tread water for like, no, like three minutes. Oh. Yeah. She obviously didn't pass. <laughs> you, have to tra you have to run a mile in under 15 minutes. That's what, like, you had to run a mile. They actually changed the rule because the president's daughter couldn't do it. But hey, that's besides the point. So, uh, they, they make you have to do these things. And while I was in college, whenever Adrian and I first met, believe it or not, my body was not as well-tuned as it is now. <laughs> but because I was required to go to the gym three times a week, I got toned. My body was, I was never big. I'm not big muscle. Come on, Derek, don't make fun of me. I can't look at anybody in here and saying, <laughs> I got toned when I went to the gym every day, and, and here's what I learned by going to the gym every day. Whenever I went to the gym, 
I did not see any results for several months. And then after several months of going to the gym consistently, I began to notice little changes. Nothing major. Didn't have big biceps or bulging quads. I didn't have any of that stuff. I had, I just, whenever you touch my shoulder, it was hard. But when you touch my bicep, it was weak. And so after six months, nine months, after a year of doing this, there was a, a toneness that came to the body. Fast forward 13 years, I haven't worked out a day since I left college. Is my toneness still there? I'm not, yeah. She will say no. She'll say, you kind of like cuddle in there. You got more of that cuddly space in you now. What happened over that time? Everything that I had worked for dissipated because I did not continue to do the work that was required to have it, all right? Your spirit man on the inside of you requires work, and when you don't do the work necessary to build your spirit man, over time, your spirit man will die off, and you will lose your excitement, you will lose your passion, you will lose your desire to be in the presence of God. So when you come into a church setting, and you say, how come that looks like Taylor, or or Chapman, or Asia, or whoever, is in the presence of God, they're experiencing the presence of God, and I'm not, I want to submit to you this morning it's because a spirit man on the inside of you has become weak my dad told me a story when I was 12 years old about a man by the name of Peter Tan Peter was a pastor of a church in the Philippines true story I actually went and looked this up this week just to make sure all the facts were still accurate Peter's was married, uh, had kids, things were going well, pastoring a small church, things were going well. From the outside, it looked like Peter had success. Peter would get up and preach on Sunday, and he would leave, and just he said just nothing was there. Nothing was sitting. The people weren't responding. He said, I would get up there and preach my heart out, and it was just like nothing. And so he said, I've got to get alone and spend time with the Lord and find out what's going on. So Peter went and said, I'm going to seek after you, Lord. And he, my words, locked himself into a closet. He, he just got away from people. And after spending several days pursuing the Lord, he had a vision. And in his vision, the Lord showed him that his spirit man was the size of a bamboo stick. The Lord said, your spirit man is very weak. You've got to develop your spirit man. And he said, how do I develop my spirit man? He said, you have to be continually in the word. You have to continually be in prayer. Continually be in worship. The more time you spend in these elements, the stronger your spirit man will begin to be developed. And so over the next 30, 40 days, he just pursued God and sought after God. And after 30 days, nothing had happened. Like going to the gym. I went for six months and didn't see a result. But just because I didn't physically see the result doesn't mean something inside was not taking place. So Peter began to say, God, after 30 days, it's still not there. So he said, I'm going to go another 30 days. And after 30 more days of seeking the Lord, nothing was there. So he said, I'm going another 30 days. 
And he just sought the Lord day in and day out, saying, Holy Spirit, move in me. He would read the Word. He would meditate on the Word. He would memorize the Word. He was saturating himself in the Word of God, in worship, in prayer, in praise. He was getting himself positioned to be in the presence of God. But yet he felt nothing different. After 90 days, and he says like 96 days, but we'll see 90 After 90 days, he woke up that morning. He said, it wasn't as if the room was different. It wasn't that an angel appeared and God showed. He said, when I woke up, something felt different. It was a feeling on the inside. Something was just different. And the whole time he'd been preaching, every Sunday, every Wednesday night, doing his thing, but nothing was changing. He said, I woke up in this morning. He said, something was different on the inside of me. I don't know what it was. I just felt it was different. So he went to his prayer room like he had done every day for the last 90 days. And he said, that prayer time wasn't any different. He said, Sunday came around. I walked out on the stage on Sunday. He said, when I walked out on the stage after worship, all I did was go out and stand there. And the presence of God filled the entire room. He said, miracle after miracle began to take place. He said, I began to hear God's voice as I had never heard before. I had prayed, God, let me hear your voice clearly. He goes, as a pastor, I think that's a pretty important responsibility to have. And I didn't have it. He said, as I was standing up in front of the people, I began to speak the the word of God out of me. I began to hear God's voice through me. Everything changed. On that Sunday morning for me. You've heard the, the, the thought, I'm an overnight sensation. It only took me 27 years to get here. We look at our spiritual lives and say, I want the overnight fame. But I'm not willing to put in what it takes to get out what I need. What happened to Peter Tan during that, let's say, hundred-ish days of seeking the Lord? He strengthened his spirit man. The inner man, the Holy Spirit on the inside of him was no longer a bamboo stick, but it was a strong, muscled spirit man. (laughs) The spiritual gifts in Peter's life begin to activate. Through time, being in the presence of God, he learned how to open the gifts that were given to him. I want to break that single thought out over the next three weeks. Through time, being in the presence of God, he learned how to open the gifts that were given to him. Peter had neglected his spirit man and felt abandoned from God for years. For those who neglect being with Jesus regularly, the gifts of the Spirit will not manifest in your life the way they are ought to or are supposed to because you have neglected your spirit man from being strengthened to a place where it can operate the way it needs to. In working out vernacular, I can go lift a 45-pound bar right now. Terrence can go lift a 145-pound bar. 
Why is he stronger than me? Because he has spent more time lifting the bars necessary and uh, gradually getting the weight stronger and stronger to be able to lift the bar that's heavier. So when it comes to working out, who's going to be stronger, he or I? When it comes to your spirit, man, who's going to be stronger? The one who spent time in prayer or the one who spent time in TV? So how come some people operate in the gifts of the spirit more than others? (laughs) When you neglect regular fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you neglect the spirit of God from moving in your life. If someone handed you a gift, we're in this gift season. If someone handed you a gift, does the gift do any good if it's in the box? Yes or no? Does the gift do any good if it's in the box? What do you have to do with the gift? You've got to take it, you've got to open it, you've got to unwrap it, and you've got to pull it out of the Amazon box, because we know that's where everyone got it, and you cut the lid of it off, you open it up, and then there may be another box inside of there that may actually have the gift that's inside of there, and you've got to cut that box open, then you open it up, and the gift that you got may need a battery, it may need to be plugged in, it may need something, uh, another source of, of energy that's to it to supply whatever it needs, but what I'm trying to say is just because you're given a gift doesn't mean the gift works unless you do something to make it work. (laughs) You guys are... There are gifts given to every believer, but we are not doing what is necessary to open up those gifts to make them work. (laughs) There is an effort that we have to put forward in order for the gift to work the way it is supposed to. If I bought Adrienne a blender, I was just thinking as the father of the bride. He bought him a blender and she got mad. That's, <laughs> you guys ever seen that? Uh, bought a blender. If she left the blender, oh, the bread maker. How about that? T- touchy subject? Okay. <laughs> bought a bread maker. We carried it for four different houses in 19 years or 13 years of marriage. It still never one time came out of the box. So... <laughs> Finally said, give that stinking thing away. Trash it. Oh, you got it. Oh, I'm sorry. You've been cursed with the bread maker. It doesn't work. That's what she said. (laughs) Have you tried it? (laughs) (laughs) The gift that you are given requires a, a... plug in for that gift to operate the way it is supposed to. You put the yeast in there, you mix it around. If you don't plug it in, the machine can't do what it's supposed to do. If you don't plug into your source, the thing that you were created to do, you will not be able to do because you've not been connected to the source that brings power for the Spirit to operate in your life. You following me? Let me give you a a quick illustration to understand uh, a little bit better. There are gifts given to every believer. You agree with that? I don't care if you don't, because that's what the Bible says. Just when you walk into your kitchen, is there food in your kitchen? Yeah. When you walk into your kitchen, are you all of a sudden no longer hungry because the food that's there is in the kitchen? Why not? You put cereal boxes on the, on the shelf. You put your favorite kind. You got your... What, I, don't, I don't eat cereal. Uh, 
Fruity Pebbles and Cheerios. You put these on the, on, the, on the shelf and you're like, oh, I want some cereal. You walk into the kitchen and you say, cereal be made. I tried that and I got slapped in the face. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You have got to put forth effort to be fed. The cereal box in the cabinet does no good to you inside the cabinet. The only time it becomes good is if you go do the work necessary to pull it out, get a bowl, get some milk, get a, 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 a spoon, mix it all together, mix it around so every Cheerio is not hard and crunchy, but they're all nice the way you like them, and you eat it. It takes a lot of effort to be fed. So how come we look at it and say, well, I'm not being fed, so it must be the church's fault. It must be somebody else's fault. I'm not getting fed the way I'm supposed to. The Spirit of God's not moving in my life like how it's supposed to. Whose fault is it? You said it, not me. The greater level or intensity of your devotion life, follow me on this, will determine the level of the Spirit of God operating in your life. What you put in will be a direct correlation of what you get out. As soon as you give your life to Jesus, you have access to gifts that are given to you for you. They are to benefit, or they are a benefit of making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. They are available to every single believer of Christ. But today, I want to maybe um, unwrap, maybe, because <laughs> gifts, um, bring clarity, some light into the gifts. Because a lot of people say, oh, there's gifts of the Spirit. There's actually four different categories of gifts in the Bible. Did you know that? Yeah, I didn't think so. There are four different gift categories. Let's pull out your outline. The first three gift categories that we're going to look at are given to us by the Holy Spirit. The fourth gift category is given to us by Jesus. We're, we're not there yet, bro. That's all right. Um, the four categories of gifts, let's write down, number one, motivational gifts. I may have those out of order. Okay. Motivational gifts. This is Romans 12. I have them listed there. We'll be actually talking about these later. Why do we have motivational gifts? Perceiving, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, ruling, mercy. Write down. The motivational gifts are used to, write this down, strengthen the church. We are given motivational gifts. They are used to strengthen the church. Number two, the second category of gifts are the manifestation gifts. The manifestation Gifts. These are the nine gifts of the Spirit that we're going to go through in just a minute. The purpose of the manifestation gifts, write this down, the manifestation gifts are used to reveal God in the church. So we have motivational gifts that are used to strengthen the church. We have manifestation gifts that are used to reveal God in the church. Number three, this, the, the third set of gifts that we have are the ministry gifts. These are... The apostle, the prophet, teacher, miracles, kinds of healing, helps, administration, and tongues. The ministry gifts are used to build the church. This is where most of you will operate in is the ministry gifts. And then number four, we have the 
ministerial gifts or ministerial, however you want to say it. These are found in Ephesians, the apostle, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors. These are ordained leaders in the church. The ministerial gifts are used to, write this down, equip the church. So we are giving, giving these four gifts to strengthen the church, reveal God in the church, build the church, and equip the church. We're going to talk about each of these over the next few weeks. But today we're going to look at the manifestation. Everyone say manifestation. manifestation. It's kind of hard to say. Say it again. Manifestation. manifestation. Yeah. The first thing that we need to understand about the manifestation gifts is you don't have them. The Holy Spirit has them. And you have the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the, the man, if you had the gift, you could turn it on and off at your will. If I had the gift, I could go to Adrienne anytime and give her whatever she wanted. But the Holy Spirit on the inside of me has the gift, so I have to abide in the Holy Spirit to be able to use the gift that He has for me. <laughs> Let me show you this practically. Um, Abigail's birthday was last week. She turned eight. And as parents, you guys will fully grasp this concept. She received a gift. Um, oh, what did she get? Uh, something small. What did she get? Uh, I wasn't. <laughs> she got a book. What kind of birthday present is that? Oh, okay. She got a book. Yay. She got a book. Let's make it something better than a book. Come on. She got a pogo stick from her Lenny. Okay, okay. She got a pogo stick. But all my carpet has to be replaced now in my house, thanks to my mom. But whatever. That's fine. She's bouncing around. She got a pogo stick. It's, it's, <laughs> it's better than the science book. You can see who the nerd in the family is who bought the... <laughs> uh -huh. She got a pogo stick. Is that pogo stick hers? Yeah, but can I go take that away from her anytime I want? Yeah. Who does the pogo stick belong to? Me? What else? We bought her a Nintendo. Okay, we bought her a Nintendo. That's going to be better. We bought her a Nintendo. She thinks that's hers. Is it hers? No. Yeah, it's hers. I mean, it's hers. She can play it, but is it hers? No, it belongs to me. At any given point in time, I can walk in there and take out that game and unplug it and take it right out of the room, and I don't even care what she thinks about it because it's mine. But if you ask her, what's she going to say? It's mine. It's mine. Matthew is not Matthew. It's mine, even though it's mine. But because of my relationship with her, she has full access to everything that I have for her. Because of my relationship with her, am I going to go and take that game away from her and that's mine, is mine, you can't ever play it? Why? Because she's my daughter. Because of my relationship with my parents, 38 years, this stage in my life, there is nothing that I can't go to them and ask for. And they will not move every rock, boulder, building that stands in the way of getting it. Why? Relationship. 
because of the relationship, I have access to anything that they have access to. Because of Abigail's relationship, I have access, she has access to everything that I have for her. But if the relationship was not there, if, uh, if, 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 if the Doty boys came over to me and said, hey, I'm going to take that Nintendo and it's going to be mine. In all reality, I'd give it to them. I don't care. They're family. I love them. But for the example, let's say they don't. I don't know these kids. Never seen them before in my life. And you go out to the restaurant with them, that's exactly what you're going to be saying. I've never <laughs> seen these kids before in my life. You, the, they come to me and say, I want that gift. Because I have no relationship with them, I feel no compelling desire in me to give them the gift that I have for them. But if they spent time with me, the thing that I once held from them, I am more than willing to give to them because a relationship has been established and it's been cultivated. You guys are getting that. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit in your, in your notes is what gives you access to the gifts that the Holy Spirit has for you and in you. If you are not in proper relationship, you don't get the benefits of what the Spirit of God can do in your life. At any time, I can go to Adrienne, I can go to my parents, I can go to my grandparents, I can go to anybody who I'm in right relationship with and ask for anything and they will do it for me. My mom flippantly said to Adrienne two weeks ago, I want my trees done. They need to be cut off. She told me about it. What did I go do? That afternoon, called Keaton. If you guys need tree work, call Keaton. He can do it for you. He does a great job. Called Keaton. Hey, Keaton, can you come knock out these trees and everything for us? He said, I'm on it. Didn't even ask the price. Because mom needed it done. So what does that mean? Because of relationship, I'm going to do what it takes to get it done for her. She didn't have to call me and ask me. Are you reading into that? Because of the relationship there, I want to do better for her. <laughs> when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if there is no relationship, you don't have access to the gifts. But if you have a proper relationship that's growing and developing and being nurtured, you now have access to what the Holy Spirit has inside of you. There is the gift of the Holy Spirit. I put that in your notes. The reference is John 14. You can go back and look at it later. Singular. That is the time of salvation. Dad did a four-part series on this on a Wednesday night. If you're not sure about the Holy Spirit and want to know more, let me know. I can send you those YouTube links and you'll learn all about how this very thought process works. Then on the top of the back page, there are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to you at salvation. That is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then there is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to talk about for the remaining six minutes. <laughs> the, what I need you to understand about the gifts of the Holy Spirit first, or number one, we're going to fly through these. They are, uh, write this down, number one, they are divine gifts. 
The source is the Holy Spirit. You are not born with them. It's not like you have an athletic talent ability you're just born with. This is solely a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. They are divine. Number two, they are different gifts. They are not all the same. They have different qualities, different attributes. They do different things. They serve different functions. We'll go through those here in a minute. Number three, they are dependent gifts. The gifts of the Spirit are dependent on each of us doing what we need to do inside the church. The example here that is used in the Bible, you can go back and look this up later, is Paul is talking about the hand and foot cannot operate outside of each other. Meaning the local church, we cannot operate outside. We cannot function the way the church was created to function if we are not all operating in the gifts that we are supposed to be operating in. It's as if your foot has been cut off and you're walking around in circles because you only have one leg. You've got to continue, <laughs> you've got to, continue to, <laughs> to walk in the gifts of the Spirit that God has for you. If not, you are not pulling your weight inside the church so the body itself cannot function the way that God made it to function. We're all on the same page, right? All right. Let's look at the nine different gifts of the Spirit. These are what's known as the manifestation gifts. Say manifestation. It's a fun word. The manifestation gifts can be broken down into three categories. Number one, write this down, the discerning gifts. The discerning gifts. And in this category of gifts, there are three of the nine. Number one, word of knowledge. This is to know something specific without having learned it by natural means. You see this operate in this church often. Number two, word of wisdom. A divine answer or solution for a particular event. Um, have you ever walked into a meeting and you weren't sure what's going on? And then all of a sudden, you have like a brilliant beyond thought that you know it's not yours? It's a word of wisdom. It operates in the business world just like it does in the church world. Um, number three is the discerning of spirits. This is to be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. This is an area where I personally believe capital C Church has run away from because A, they don't know how to deal with it. B, they're scared of it. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to grow around it. I'm not scared of it. It doesn't bother me. We will show you some of that stuff later as we grow and go. Um, it will be a fun study when we get to this one. Uh, the second category of the manifestation gifts are the declarative gifts. So you have discerning gifts, then you have declarative gifts. In the declarative gifts, you have number four, prophecy. This is a message of encouragement from God through a person. You've seen that. Then you have number five, tongues. This is a message from God in a language unknown to the person through whom the message comes. And then number six, you have the interpretation of tongues. So uh, we've actually been fortunate enough to see this operate at this church already on two different occasions. And I want to be very uh, transparent with you. It happened about a month ago. Linda McPherson, you're not here. Your sister came, or her sister came, and during worship, uh, let, let me back up. 6.30 on Saturday night, I was in my room worshiping the Lord. I felt something come on me. I did not know what it was for. I, I knew it was God, but I couldn't understand. We got here to church. It never left me. Started worship. I'm like, it's here. I don't know what it's for. And I'm, I'm new and figuring this stuff out. I'm learning this stuff. Okay, God, what are you trying to show me? What, 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 is, what, what, is, what is it? Nothing. So when it came to the end of worship, I said, you know what? I'm just going to hang out here for a moment. God, you're going to speak to me. 
or we'll just bail off and go to the message, but I, there's something here. We waited, and all of a sudden, stand, sitting over, standing over here, she began to speak out loud in tongues. The moment she started, the presence of God <clears throat> that quick was already on me. It became stronger, and as soon as she started speaking, I knew exactly what she was saying. When she got done, I spoke those words out. First time it's ever happened to me. It's new. I was, I was amazed as you were. Three weeks later, four weeks later, she comes back. Same thing. I, I tell Adrian, I said, something's different. I said, tomorrow worship, something's different. She gets up here to do the transition. I say, no, we're going back into worship. Something was there that we had not yet gotten to. I just knew it. There was something in my spirit. We get there. She starts speaking in tongues again. I'm like, I don't have anything. I, I look over at mom. I'm like, mom, you got anything? She looks at I don't have anything. And we look at each other like, uh-oh, what's going to happen next? We don't know. And then we're standing there like, uh, I'm like, I'm back here. Like, you guys don't know. Like, I'm like wiping the sweat off my face. I'm like, what's going on? Why? Okay, I'm missing it. Mom's not missing it. So it's got to be me. Okay, God, are you doing something? No. So, no. And all of a sudden, Herb's like, ah, da, ba, and he starts going off into it. I look at mom. We're both like, yeah, okay, we're good. We're good. So thank you, Herb. So we had the interpretation of tongues. You won't see that in many churches today. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um. Let me give you a little, bit, a little bit better understanding of interpretation of tongues. I want to explain this at a higher level real quick. There is, uh, this is an interpretation, not a, um, a translation. Uh, a translation is a word speaking it in one and translating it to like, uh, I had to write it down because I wasn't sure how to do it. But if you say in English, uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. In Spanish, este es el de que use el Señor. Don't make fun of me, dude. I did that off the predicted text on Google. It's good. It's good. I listened to it 20 times to make sure I was semi-decent. That is translated. It is about the same amount of time of words spoken. An interpretation, you could have someone speak in tongues for five minutes, and then someone comes interpret and says, the word of the Lord is rejoice always. And you're like, man, they talk for five minutes in tongues, and why is there a two set? That doesn't... There's no translation. It's an interpretation of what God's trying to reveal to the church. So, um, so you have, uh, let, me, let me back up just a little bit to tongues. I want to get this part out too. Uh, there is speaking in tongues and then there is the gift of tongues. The difference is who the spoken tongue is being spoken language, who the tongue is being spoken to, let me put it that way. The gift of tongues is man interpreted. Speaking in tongues is communication to God. Does that make sense? There, the, the gift of tongues can come on you. Speaking in tongues is what we call the grace of tongues. The grace of tongues is at your will. The gift is for a specific moment. The grace is all the time. I can speak in tongues at any given point. It's for communication between me and God. 
not to be interpreted. Does that make sense? The gift of tongues versus the grace of tongues. We're, we're clear on that? Okay. The third category of gifts are known as the dynamic gifts. Literally comes from the word dunamis, meaning these gifts are explosive. These are the gifts that everybody wants. <laughs> this is number seven, faith. A supernatural impartation to believe and have confidence for a specific situation. This is whenever you've been reading the Word and the Word is revealed to you and you know you have what the Word says. There is faith for that moment. There are different levels of faith for different things. Um, I know this sounds dumb, but I have faith that every time I pull onto an on-ramp, there'll be an opening in cars. I'm telling you, I have never yet pulled into her as a dangerous situation. That I, I have faith for that. Crazy, huh? Faith can be for different things. A lot of people think faith can only be for churchy type things. No, no, no. You can have faith in your business. Uh, I have faith that I will continue to hit certain dollar marks for my business every month. There is a faith that I know it's going to happen. I do not doubt it. I trust God that much. There is a faith for that. Does that make sense? Okay, number, number eight, gifts of healing. This is supernatural endowments of divine health. There are situations in your life when you have prayer that you're believing for God to move and you just know the healing took place. Pray for Adrienne. This was years ago. I'm not going to tell you what the issue was, but whenever she said it, as soon as she said it, something rose up in me. I knew healing was going to come. Prayed for her and the healing manifested that fast. Did it not? A supernatural gift of healing. And then number nine, working of miracles. This is divine intervention that alters our natural circumstance. We are a church that believes in miracles. A church that believes that God can still do the impossible. When everyone else says it's impossible, I believe with all my heart that God says, it's God says it is possible. That's the gifts of the Spirit. A quick summary of the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts are available for you to operate in. But the question I want to ask you this morning is, how's your spirit man? How's your spirit man? Whenever you look at your life, you're sitting here thinking, man, my spirit man's like that Peter guy's. It's kind of thin and weak. Or is it strong? Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.